Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Okay, we are at episode number 50. I cannot believe it. And today I want to talk about why you should invest in your mental health. I truly, truly believe this. And right now you cannot buy anything from me. So I want to talk about it when it doesn't seem like I have something to sell. I, at this moment, I don't, I, of course, I'm a coach and I do coaching and I have coaching programs, but right now you can't join right now. You can't buy. And so I want to talk about investing in yourself and why I believe you need to be investing in your mental health. Before I dive into this, I want to encourage you, if you like this podcast, if you've been getting help and supported by it, been learning tools and techniques and ways to support you in your grief, to go leave a review and let me know what you think of it. I love to hear from you. I love connecting with you and hearing what you, you know, how this podcast is helping you on your grief journey. So I've gotten a lot of comments. I definitely have to work on not taking these to heart because I know my heart. I know I want to help people. I know I want to serve people and really change their lives with their grief. But I just want to share some of the comments I've gotten. And then I want to talk about why I think it's so important for you to invest in your mental health and why I don't think everything should be free. So The comments I've gotten are, you know, like when I charge for something like my grief coaching or whatever it is, is you are just taking advantage of people's grief. Shame on you. Things with child loss should be free. I know how to grieve. I don't need to pay to get help. I can go to support groups for free. And here's what I have to say about these. For example, the support groups. Of course, you can go to support groups. Yes, they are free. And yes, I believe they're beneficial and they're so needed. So like we went to some and I don't, I don't want to undervalue any of these things. The other thing is that when we, you know, say, oh, we are only going to support groups or we're only doing this or that, I just think we're limiting ourselves in all the possibilities and ways that we can support ourselves in our grief. But I just want to talk about support groups. If you are going to one and find it supportive for you, that's amazing and great. And I truly have found them beneficial in my life. But here's the thing. Support groups can easily turn into a place where the work is not productive and complaining is the main theme of the group. I think support groups can be truly amazing, but they are so different than the work that I'm doing as a coach, because as a coach, I have a role in being your guide. And a support group is a place where everybody goes to just talk about what's going on with them. Here's a little tidbit from an article on psychology today. I just want to read it because I think it's so, I guess it's congruent with what I'm trying to say. So it says, most importantly, a good support group has a leader who doesn't allow only complaining. Certainly, it's important to create an atmosphere where it's safe to unload and vent and talk about what doesn't feel good. Sometimes things feel downright awful. After all, for a participant to receive support in here, she's not the only one feeling like that. 
is so useful in healing. However, if the group turns into simply a bashing session about how life stinks and husbands don't understand and work is terrible and so on, that's not a good support group. And that totally can happen. And I just want to like bring that awareness to support groups and how like a grief coaching is so different than that kind of support group. And I get it. Like losing a child is one of the worst things that can happen. And there's such a difference between venting and processing and complaining. And support groups can so easily just go to complaining. And the groups that I were a part of were places to talk, which I said I think are so important, but they don't give you the tools and the resources to know how to function and to be able to like take steps to change your life and to change your grief and to work through grief. It was just a place to talk and where nobody had any role in to give you the tools to change your life. So yes, you can go to a support group for free, but the work that I'm doing is not serving that same purpose as a support group. So another thing people say is you are preying on people's grief and pain. Like, huh. So are counselors and therapists preying on people's pain? Are doctors preying on people's pain? Are funeral homes and people who sell products like remembrance necklaces and all that kind of stuff are they just taking advantage of people's grief? Are they just, you know, like everything that they, they're doing, should it just be free for everybody? Or are all these people and all the work that they are doing, are they using their skills, knowledge, time, effort, energy, and tools to support people in their grief? To give people who are grieving the tools and the resources to be able to navigate this traumatic and difficult time in their lives. As a grief coach, I have seen the changes in my clients, and I know this is valuable work and tools that I am giving them. And I know this is life-changing. I know it has value, but obviously we each have our own vision of value and the way we see things. But I just think you're limiting yourself if you start to think that everything should be free because you are or like everything should just be given to you because you're not taking responsibility for your own healing and for doing the work yourself. So as I've learned more about money, investments, free things, and how we value things, I've learned that so many things like in the grief world, they are free because people want to give. And I totally understand that I want to as well. And I do in many ways. And I do through all the work I'm doing, you know, all this podcasts and Facebook group and everything that I'm doing. There's so much that's free. And I hope that you're getting value from it. I hope that it's supporting you in changing your life. But there's just a different level when we're getting things for free versus when we pay and we we commit. The, the change and the transformation in our life is so much deeper. When we get things for free, we don't give it the same energy and attention as we do something that we value or we pay for. So I want to give an example. Like if you pay for something, are you more likely to show up and do the work with it than if you get it for free? Here's an example I have experienced in my own life, in my work. I have done free 30-minute calls and people have signed up for them. People have scheduled these calls to even like to talk about grief and to work through some things and they don't show up. I go on the call and people don't come. I'm like, okay, this is a free call. You know, I'm giving it and people don't show up. And guess what? My coaching clients who have paid and who have committed to doing the work, 
They have showed up every single time. Not once have they missed a call, but they are committed to doing the work and getting the tools because they paid for it. Like I said earlier, I give a lot for free. I have the podcast that you're listening to right now, and I'm so happy to give this, and I hope it's serving you. And truly, truly, if you want to do the life-changing work, you have to invest in yourself. You have to, you know, like if you want to see these changes and you want to see the changes in your grief, the shifts in your grief, and to learn the tools, you have to pay for it. You truly do. You have to invest yourself in yourself in coaching and in therapy and appointments and books and resources to help you in self-care and time and energy and effort and doing the work. You have to put in the work. All of those things like are part of putting investing in your mental health, in your mental well-being. We just want things to happen. Like as a society, we're like, oh, it should just get easier. It should just get better. It should just, you know, it should just happen. We want things to just change. But they will not change unless you decide that you you can and will invest in this change. So truly, this is not just for me to talk about my grief coaching or coaching programs, that this is for any change that you want in your life. If you want to see change and to commit to something, then putting the money down and investing in yourself is one of the best ways you can do do something for yourself to get yourself to do something. It's just the way we are that, you know, I guess as humans, we just like, we need to put that money down in order to get ourselves to commit to something. So like, it's the same as if a lot of us say, oh, life is too busy. I'm too busy to grieve. I don't have the time I need to grieve in the way I want to. But if you commit with money and you make that time that like, okay, I am going to join this grief coaching program that's once a week. I committed with my money that I'm going to do that. You're going to show up. You're going to make the time for that. So, you know, say it's for a therapy appointment. It's time consuming to go. I went to therapy for a long, or not, I wouldn't say a long time, but like a year straight. And it was twice a week. And that was a, like a commitment to myself. It took so much time for me every single day, twice a week or every week, twice a week to go to those appointments. But I was committed. And so I went. So this title is why should I invest in my mental health or why you should invest in your mental health? And I talked about the comments I get and why I think those beliefs are holding you back on your grief journey into healing. But let's talk about why mental health is so important. When Aria died, I realized for the first time how fragile my mental health was, how in one moment, the facade that everything we have everything together and that we are in control of our minds, it was completely shattered. In that moment, I learned that I didn't have control over my mind or my body. I felt so out of control, like unbelievable. Like I, I, it's hard to describe. I realized that my mental health, it affects every portion of my life. The way that I lived, the way that I was as a mother, the way that I was as a wife and every step I took in every day, my mental health was such a huge driving factor. And so it's so important to care for our mental health so that we have those tools, learning those tools to care for ourselves, learning those tools to support our mental health. I just can't stress that enough that we, we feel like our mental health case. So I felt broken. I felt shattered, but that I am in such a good place now. And when you have those tools, you can get to in a place as well that you feel 
a lot more supported and I don't want to say in control because it's it's not really in control, but just a place where you feel really supported and where you have the tools to work through all the stuff that comes up in life. Another thing is life will never be perfect. I think we strive for perfection. I definitely work towards doing better a lot. But the big thing we want to remember is that we are not um, in heaven. We are on earth and that the earth is not perfect. But we can add a lot of tools to support ourselves and our mental well-being. And there just are so many ways, so many tools and techniques and ways of supporting yourself so you don't have to suffer every single day. Sometimes we can get so deep into the like the belief that we need to suffer, we should suffer, that we're supposed to suffer every single day, that we don't even believe it's possible to not suffer every day. Especially with child loss, it just feels like this is the way it is. This is how it's supposed to be. But if you like find somebody who you connect with and you are able to work, you know, work with them and process and work through things and they are able to give you the tools that you need, you don't need to suffer every single day. When we invest, we <laughs> there's like this, you know, ever-present thing of like trying to find happiness. And with child loss, it's like even a deeper level. But we invest in so many things that are, you know, we're trying to bring happiness to ourselves. Maybe it's the new car. Maybe it's the new job. Maybe it's the next thing, the different thing. This thing will make me happy. Finally, when I get married or finally when I have another baby or whatever it is, we think that this will finally bring us, you know, make us happy or create the comfort that we need. And I obviously, I think that my faith is a huge driver for me in having that peace and happiness. But I also believe that when you invest in your mental health and mental well-being and learning that you can be happy right now, right in this moment without needing something else to fill that and learning how to be with your emotions and you don't need to run away from what you're feeling or you don't need to keep busy, it really is giving yourself the gift of being present for your life right now in the pain and in the joy. And the last thing I want to talk about is our mental health. We can't see our mental well-being. We don't physically see it in it. So it, it almost feels like, oh, it's also, it's not important. It's not important to care for, like, it's so easy to, you know, oh, this person needs help. This person needs that physically, you know, go help them do this or that. But we don't realize how much our mental health affects us and affects our life, affects our kids, affects our our marriage. Other people cannot see like how much you're suffer suffering internally. Other people cannot know what it's like to grieve your child every single day. And so we don't value it. Other people don't value it. I think we're definitely having a lot more conversations about this and we're talking about it more, which is so amazing and so important. But just because it's not visible to everyone doesn't mean that it's not like important just because we can't see it just because it's not a visible like thing we can see doesn't mean we shouldn't be caring for and investing in ourselves like the example people have used a lot is like when you have a broken arm people can see that your arm is broken and you go to the doctor you get it fixed you you know you take care of it you work on healing it because it feels like it's absolute necessity. You need your arm. So you go take care of it. But when our mind has some 
I don't want to say it's broken. There's some uh, therapist that I have really liked his um, example. He says his name is Justin Sinceri. He talks about you're stuck, not broken. So in your mind, you might feel like you're broken, but you're really just stuck in really like using the tools and the support to process and work through things and rewire the pathways in your brain. But we don't see that as a value. We don't value that need to care for our brains and care for our minds, care for our mental health, even though it's, if we are not mentally well, we cannot do anything else. If we are not mentally well and emotionally well, that is what drives everything we do. Just like the broken arm, we go, we, I truly believe we should be investing in ourselves and caring for our mental health in the way that like feels right for you, that is right for you. So the other thing underneath our mental health, like we don't really listen to our mental health until it becomes a physical problem in our body. And I think our bodies and our minds, emotions are all connected. And as your emotions and thoughts create patterns and cycles, I believe that they get trapped in your body and they can create physical symptoms. For example, I had a lot of anxiety, stress, and fear, and my face started to go numb. My face started, oh, I just remember that day, like my face was going numb and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go to the hospital. Something's wrong with me. I didn't even know it was possible because of the stress and the anxiety and the fear that I was having that that was causing my face to go numb and that I was getting sick. And the emotional toll of grief and stress can cause physical symptoms if we don't process and allow those energies to flow and like kind of move through our bodies. So truly, your mental well-being is a gift. I think that's something I am grateful for every day right in this moment to have the mental well-being that I do have. I am so grateful for it because I know how quickly it can be taken away, how quickly it can and be gone in just a moment. But it's also something that if you want to, you can invest in yourself the time, money, and energy to supporting and caring for so that you have the energy to take care of your family. I want to stress again that there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing broken, that there's nothing that's not able to move through. There's nothing, you know, there is tools and there are ways to support yourself. And there are so many things there. You're not broken. You're not like, there's nothing that cannot change. If you remember that, you're just stuck. You're not broken. I love that phrase. You're stuck, not broken. Because when you're broken, you don't believe it's possible to change. But when you're stuck, you just can see that there are ways to move through this. There are tools, tools that you can use to support yourself to work through this. I just want to remind you that God made you exactly how you're supposed to be. And I also believe that he has given us these tools to support ourselves and process our emotions and that there is so much more available for you, that there's so much more capacity for well-being and mental well-being that is there for you. I truly, truly believe it. So please give yourself the gift of caring for your mental health and well-being, whether that's through grief coaching with me in the future or counseling or journaling or sitting with emotions, giving yourself the gift of time to process and feel, talking with a friend, listening to this podcast, being with your husband or like maybe some of them or all of them 
Like whatever that looks like for you, do the work, take the time, invest the energy because you don't need to suffer so, so much. You are so worth it, my friend. You got this and you are amazing. I'll see you next week. While this episode of Grieving Moms podcast is over, you can join me and other grieving mothers in my free Facebook group to continue conversations of all things life after child loss. Go to www.meganhillica.com slash community to join us there. If you like this podcast, could you please share it with other grieving mothers so that they can also find hope in life after loss and to know that they are never alone.